your eyes to the skies. It's time for Spaced Out on 95PFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium. Our conversation on Daylight Savings Time has got rather heated, uh, so we've had to pull in Josh from the Stardome to uh, solve once and for all, yay or nay, Daylight Savings. Josh? Oh, we're straight into the big question. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say nay. Nay? Uh, I should nay. also say, Jin is in here in studio. He's been roped into this off-air Daylight Savings conversation. So, Jin, oh, meet Josh down. from the Stardome. Yes, hello, Josh. So what, what's everyone's thoughts? Uh, I'm yeah, I'm pro. I'm like yes, daylight savings rules. I, uh, I'm makes... yay as well because I'm leaving work around this time generally, and um, I like to be in the sunshine when I'm riding my bike. Mm. Right. You'll have to remind me. This is such a dumb question. Did it just start or end? I know it just happened. I think it's just f- it's just finished. It's just finished. Finished. Okay. Yeah. And the clocks went back. Back. Mm. Turn your clocks back for the winter. But we get to sleep in. Right. She hard styles. What is it? Spring uh, forward, jump yeah. back. That's but, it. Spring yeah. forward, jump back. Oh, no, no, winter. It, it confuses me every year. I know. It's it's very difficult. Uh, now, so if we if we did have it, it obviously it wouldn't be or would be going back. I don't know. It's just really confusing. It's kind of <laughs> <laughs> now. I mean, I'm I guess the ex- I'm the expert. And I don't even know. You would you prefer it. it to be darker earlier so there's more time for looking at the night sky? Well, that's the thing, because when it is winter, uh, I do enjoy it because it's dark early. Yes. But also when it is nicer, like, I'd much prefer to have longer days, you know, in the summer. So, yeah, it's a bit of a split one. But also, I just can't be bothered changing clocks and thinking about it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, Josh from the Stardome, where are we starting this evening? The Hubble Telescope has been very busy and has seen the oldest star ever seen uh, which is quite a complex story. I tried to dig into the article, but they start talking about space-time and gravitational waves and the curve of the universe and the universe's <laughs> age, and then I just went, oh, my God, I don't understand any of this. You'll pass it on yeah, to Josh instead. Um, it, it's, it's a pretty big one. Even I was trying to wrap my hand around it. But, um, yeah, so NASA announced um, a couple of days ago the latest discovery. So it's the most distant individual star um, that we've ever spotted and basically with the, the photo that we've taken the light that we see it left the star about 12.9 billion years ago um which is really impressive because the age of the universe itself is only about 13.8 so we're talking about a star that was about 900 ish million years old um that we're now seeing so it's an incredible record especially for hubble so mm. What sort of science do they need to use to be able to see it? It's not like a straightforward thing where they go, wow, it's just there, and it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was honestly kind of a bit of a fluke, because to see such a you know distant star would be almost impossible, but there happened to be um, a really large galaxy in front of it, and the gravity from this galaxy was actually uh, massive enough to warp the space behind it, so it kind of blew up the image. Hmm. We could then see the star. If it wasn't there, we probably wouldn't be able to see it. Um, but what kind of buzzes me out, and I'm I was trying to explain this to someone today, but when we talk about light years, it's the distances basically. So when the light left that star, it's 12.9 billion years ago. So you'd think that that would be the distance to the star. Um, but the crazy thing is because the universe is expanding, getting bigger, and also accelerating, um, the actual distance to the star, it's, it's about 28 billion light years from us. So <laughs> it's more distant than the light that we see, which is just 
mind-blowing to me even. Is it still there? Well, that's the thing. It wouldn't be there because we're seeing such old light. So anytime we look at something, you know, especially these distances, we're looking back in the past. So we're looking at some of the first stars that even formed. So, you know, they wouldn't be there anymore. They would have gone supernova, died, done whatever. We're just seeing, like, these ghostly apparitions, basically, which is, yeah, it's just buzzy. Buzzy as. <laughs> buzzy as is how I can sum it up. Wow. Is there any exciting, you know, anything that they are incredibly excited about in particular apart from it being the oldest thing they've ever seen is there anything else that they've managed to learn from it well i think what the exciting thing is for astronomers is because you know this is with hubble and we know that hubble is an old telescope it's pretty you know aging um and it's not the most capable but now that we have james webb up there um and james webb's going to be you know starting to take those science photos in a couple months that's absolutely going to see even further so this is you know this is really changing the how we see the universe and things about the size, the distance, the age of the universe. Um, and we're really peering back to the very first light that existed. So, um, yeah, so for Hubble to see this is pretty impressive, but it's, it's more exciting to now see what James Webb is going to see, you know, on top of that. Now that they have seen it in this part of space, will they actively point the James Webb in that direction and see if it can see a little further? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, and James Webb is, you know, much more powerful and much more capable. So I think they've actually said they definitely will point it this year um, once it's ready to go. So, yeah, James Webb will probably see it even further. Um, you know, might see an even more distant star. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Is this just like a, a, a beautiful accident with all of the science, you know, research and everything that goes into it? This this is just one of those beautiful incidents that's occurred both technologically and just naturally. Yeah, totally. I mean, they, they weren't looking for the most distant star. Yeah. They were taking photos of galaxies and they happened to yeah. see this strange looking object and you often find a lot of the best discoveries are complete mistakes you know right. we go looking for one thing and then we find something else or you know we're left with more questions than we had answered so yeah a lot of a lot of the things we discover are so total mistakes exciting times all the time you never quite know what's going to come next you never quite know it's the most unpredictable thing yeah now moving on to the next story josh our uh um, ISS astronauts have re returned to Earth well some of them have uh, that may have been stranded up there well potentially could have been yeah I was, um, I was like oh I hope he's going back on the, the Russian spacecraft <laughs> he did um, yeah no NASA, NASA had a, a record breaking space flight completed so one of the astronauts um, Mark Vanderhey he just left the space station mm. um, and spent 355 days in space so you know, almost a calendar year which a new wow. record for NASA, which is quite impressive for them. What happens? I mean, is he withered and skinny and weak because he's been living in? Does <laughs> he come back like Mr. Burns a or something? Spaceman. He's just not been doing. Okay, Na hard NASA to work out. Get bullied when he gets back to Earth. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah, NASA just begins to send cargo and goes, "Oh, sorry, you're going to be hungry." <laughs> 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 no, it's um, it's oh, I mean, it's pretty hard for astronauts in general to come back from space because you know. I'll, they're eating, of course, um, but there's a lot of negative effects that kind of quite literally wither away human bodies in space. So mm -hmm. um, you lose like bone mass because you know your bones really aren't working as hard. Yeah. Um, you kind of often you get really bad vision. You get a lot of things that kind of screw up your body. Um, calcium in your bones literally fizzes away. So your muscles, you're not really using them as much. You lose muscle mass. So often astronauts actually really do come back with these um, pretty kind of rough effects from being in space which is often why you see astronauts exercising they have to exercise in space for like two hours every single day otherwise you know it gets much worse 
Um, but it's, it's just really impressive that we can come back and still, you know, not be on the brink of death from spending almost a year in space. Is he in okay, um, Nick, or does he just come back and write a memoir and check out? Oh, no, he's, he's totally fine. I mean, they can't walk for a, for a while. They can't oh, really no! How, how, is, how is their life expectancy? Is it shorter than the average human who doesn't go into space? Is it like, look, mate, every, every day up there is like, you know, three months, you know, less than yeah. your life long term. Do you come back and die like three weeks later? Or what, what happened? <laughs> is there any studies into that? Well, the, the thing is, that's kind of what we're studying now. Because when, when these astronauts come back to space, mm. it's not like, all right, good job, go home. Mm. They have to then study um, their bodies extensively. And, you know, we're still learning about the long-term effects of spaceflight. Because it's really only been in the last couple of decades that we've started to send, you know, people to space for, you know, extended periods of time, you know, three, six months, 12 months. Yes. Um, so the, the full effects of spaceflight are not fully understood. We know mm. a lot of the short-term medical effects. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's also things like the psychological effects of sending people into space. And, yeah. you know, we're still learning. And, exactly. You know, for and to come home, um, we're going to learn a lot of stuff which we need to know because, you know, we're obviously preparing to send people back to the moon um, and eventually to Mars. And, you know, those are really long-duration missions. So we need to know, basically, but we just don't know a lot of the effects at the moment. So exactly. It's a bit of an experiment. I guess even now, you know, we're sending younger people into space as well as older people into space. We generally, before you would have to go through one of the government programs and end up normally being a middle-aged man or slightly older, perhaps, exactly. when you're going into space. Yeah. And there's now tourists that are, like, paying to go to space. Yeah. So you're obviously getting younger and younger, too. So, yeah, a lot of it we just, we just don't know. Yeah. Josh, is there any truth to the rumour that I've heard around people doing spacewalks outside the ISS and such that you can't be out there for too long because you just go crazy because space is so infinite and your mind can't handle being outside in the spa- outside and outer space? Um, I don't know which astronaut has said that specifically. Um, yeah, I, I would say no, but I mean, there are, um, there's a thing called the overview effect, which is kind of this, like, a lot of astronauts report it, but it's like this cognitive shift of, um, I guess, their awareness of Earth and the fragility and kind mm. of the Earth being mm. a single organism that we all share. Because, you yeah. know, they go to space and they don't mm. see borders. You know, whereas, you know, when they're watching the news up there, they're seeing, you know, wars happening and stuff, and which seems really petty, whereas to astronauts, they just see this, mm. you know, incredible planet Beautiful that we globe. share. So there mm. definitely are, like, there's definitely effects of, um, I guess, positive changes of how they see things, but mm. I haven't heard of any, like, oh, this is too scary. Although okay. it probably would be very scary sometimes. Mm. Now, uh, Josh, what's coming up at the Stardome? What's on the cards? Yeah, we've got a busy month. Um... Oh, tonight actually we've got our Pink Floyd Laser Light music show. If mm. anyone's into that, right. uh, we've got what are you, on Sunday we're doing like two for one deal. So yeah, buy one ticket, basically get two shows, plus one. Um, and then we have a couple of things. Um, so April, what is it, April twelfth? Um, we have uh, Yuri's night. Do you guys know what Yuri's night is? He's a cosmonaut. He's like the first. Was he the first person into space? Yuri Gagarin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so Yuri Gagarin, he was first first person to space on April 12th. So every year, um, it's like an international thing. It's just called Yuri's Night. So what year like was that, uh, if you don't mind me asking, Josh? Uh, 1961. Incredible. Yeah, well, ago. A cosmonaut. Um, yeah, every cosmonaut, yeah, cosmonaut. Yeah, it's sure. true. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we, we do like events um, just to celebrate Yuri's Night. So we're doing space flight shows about history and all that stuff. April 12th, uh, and then April 13th, we are screening Apollo 13, which is a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Great times ahead at uh, Stardome. Great times ahead, always. All right. Uh, on that note, Josh, I think we might go out. We've actually, I've got a public service broadcasting song uh, called Gagarin, where they use uh, old oh, audio. Oh, song. I know the song. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to play that right now, right after this, actually. Uh, Josh, always Josh. a pleasure uh, to chat to you. We will speak with you in two weeks' time. All right. No worries. See ya. Thank you, Josh. Legend. Kia ora. Control, we are docked. That was spaced out on 95 BFM, thanks to the Stardome Observatory and Planetarium.